on to tonight's topic. Thank you guys for hanging with us through our difficulties. We'll be back in a couple of seconds here. Sweet. Good evening, everyone. It is time for us to talk about gig logs. It's time for us to talk about cool stuff, and that means that DJ Barr must be with us. Hi, guys. How are you? Barr, Thank thanks you so for coming. for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on tonight. I'm excited. We get to, we haven't had a chance to talk. It's been a busy fall. You've had a lot of things going on. Yes. <sighs> but now it's yes. time. I want, to, I want to talk about this is something I've, I've seen a lot of DJs who have been watching and following your channel, following, uh, you know, Rick's and and um, following. I'd like to get into it. So I wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit and, um, and and just kind of explain for those who have never done it before. Let's kind of start at that point. If you were going to define a gig log video, how would you define it? So uh, essentially a gig log is kind of a recap, if you will, of, of an event, of whether it be, you know, whatever you're DJing, um, essentially in musical terms, a gig being just a, you know, you have a performance. So it works for musicians, it works for DJs. It's essentially your book that day, you either have a wedding, a birthday party, baby shower, a christening, you know, whatever it may be, you have some sort of event, you're going to film it, you're going to edit it and then you're going to upload it. So when you're putting putting this together then this isn't are you using actual footage from the event or is it a lot of things that you're staging and setting up what how do you how do you break that down? Um so gig, gig logs have since uh have really evolved in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um when I started DJing in 2009, I used to watch like BSR, Brian S. Red. I used to watch uh, A.S. Skins. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. But they used to film videos of their events. And it would kind of be, uh, you know, hey, we're going to an event. It's a wedding. Here's some footage of the of the event. And that was what I was accustomed to. I, I used to love watching those because it was it was kind of a way of seeing DJs in their, in their habitat, you know, doing what they actually do. <laughs> yep. So I was fascinated by that. I was like, Oh, I can learn by watching. I've always, even in school, I, I was one of those kids that would never take notes. If I could just watch the teacher doing something, I would get it. Sure. I was never one of those kids that, that wrote it down. So I guess I kind of applied that to gig logs. Um, I started watching gig logs and I was like, Oh, okay, I can do this. I see what they're doing. Um, so that was a traditional gig log. You would, you know, they would start off in their car. Most of the time I would hear like the road and stuff like that. And then uh, they would show some footage of people dancing, but that was pretty much it as far as a gig log went. Um, when I started doing gig logs, I didn't really know I was doing a gig log because to me I was filming a vlog. A vlog is a little different than a gig log because it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, DJ or event related. A vlog is essentially somebody following you throughout your day. Uh-huh. So when I started my videos, I didn't know that I was making gig logs until people told me that they were gig logs. (laughs) Um, So 
when I started YouTube, my idea was I just, you know, I just want to make cool videos on the internet like everybody else is doing. I was watching these 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 guys on the internet uh, making videos, making a living off the, you know, making videos. And I was like, man, that's so cool. And then I started making videos and I was like, wow, my life is really uninteresting. <laughs> So <laughs> at a desperation, I had like, oh, man, I want to succeed on YouTube. I want to do well on YouTube, but I have no content. Nobody wants to see my day-to-day -day life because it's boring. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, um, you know, I work during the week. So this weekend I have an event. Maybe I'll film that. So I gave it a shot. I filmed this event. And then I remember at the end of that video, I was like, I think it's a gig log. You guys are saying it. they're gig logs, I guess. <laughs> So uh, that was that was kind of my introduction to making gig logs, but I, I didn't actually set out to create a gig log. I more or less just wanted to create uh, video content, if you will. So when you were wanting to create the content, how much was because you do a lot of production in the videos that you do today? How did the yes. your, how did you approach the production early on when you were doing just your your vlog type of you know hey here's my life? Yeah, um, it, it was essentially my vlogs were edited in the same way that my 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 gig logs are edited in that same fashion with all people call it fancy editing. Honestly, I don't think it's that 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 crazy of an edit. Um, but it, it just fell organically. I didn't set out to create a really fancy gig log. I just wanted to make an entertaining video to watch. And I tell people, you know, even to this day, my my channel is not. It's not for teaching purposes. It's meant to be something easy to consume, fun to watch, something enjoyable. Uh, that's my goal at the end of the at the end of the day. I just want somebody to have a good laugh. I, I just kind of like hanging out with somebody. I even refer to my audience as bros. Hey, bros, what do you guys think about this? Um, this 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 didn't go what how I expected. Things like that. It, it's more of a conversation. It's sure. not it's not an insightful piece. So, so speaking of conversation, it's going to tangent a little bit about a little off because we're going to focus on. I want to ask this: your, your conversation means obviously that you're engaging with with your your viewers, which means they're going to be commenting. How how much commenting or how much time do you allocate to engaging your audience that way? So, when I first started my YouTube channel, I, I was uh, very adamant about responding to every single comment. Um, it's gotten to a point where I just it would it would just take up too much of my time to do that. Um, so I do my best every now and then I'll just kind of set off some time to just kind of go back and answer some, some comments of notoriety. Uh, if you're just getting started and you're not getting that many comments, it's, it's good practice to answer to everybody because you want to have that connection with the audience. But at some point you're going to notice that it's going to become a chore. And, and to me, that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, there's just no way I can respond to everybody. And some people do take offense to that. I'm not going to lie to you. I do get some people saying, "Hey, man, you're you're not humble. You're you're messed up." But it's just I I can't get to everybody. And also, a lot of people think because we make these videos that we're kind of like tech support. And <laughs> yes. going back to what I was saying, my videos are not meant to be teaching videos. My videos are just meant to be something fun to watch because I, I, I'm not the right person to ask about uh, some of the more technical things about. Uh, things in the dj industry because my, my, as far as mobile djing goes it's really only as old as my youtube channel which is about two two and a half years three years so uh i I'm, i would still consider myself a rookie in that sense sure so have you you've been able to see any benefit from putting your videos together gig logs what have you in 
in some of your business that you're able to do for your, your local clients with uh, the DJ side of it? Absolutely. So I've been able to establish a business because of it. Uh, before before YouTube, I was, a, I was a club DJ. I was a bar DJ. I was DJing bars. I was DJing nightclubs. I was DJing lounges, that stuff. Before YouTube, it wasn't because of YouTube. How can I say this? It, it was only until I started doing the videos pertaining to DJing that I started getting more mobile DJ events, if you will. Okay. So YouTube has... I want to say it's like 80% of my business. It's fueled it because I have so much uh, kind of like a repertoire to, to fall back on. Hmm, sure. So people can watch my previous work. So I've been able to learn things on the, on the fly, things that takes, you know, other DJs a long time to master because I'm doing some things that'll help ramp that. First off, I'm making connections ultra fast because people watch my channel and I can ask questions. Another thing is YouTube is also a good place where you get constructive criticism. Sometimes it's a little bit harsh. <laughs> yes. Sometimes sometimes people are trying to be funny and sometimes they're, they're serious. Sometimes you'll get comments like, hey, man, you need to really tighten this up. You need to really do this. You need to adjust this. You need to adjust that. And if you don't take those to heart, if you actually take the moment to analyze what they're saying, you'll be able to grow. So when I first started my YouTube channel, I was getting a ton of comments like, man, your cable management sucks. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, you know, as, as long as you can filter out, you know, the negative stuff, the stuff that's actually just there to bash you and you can take in kind of like the constructive side of it, you'll be able to learn things really quick. Because I've like I, like I said, I've only been a mobile DJ since the YouTube channel. So I was able to learn a ton of that. And I was able to, to just, you know, um, kind of jump my business into steroids because I would be able to watch myself back. I can make the adjustments that my audience says. I can watch myself back and say to myself, okay, I can also improve on this, 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 and that. Right. And also I'm posting these videos so people can find me. So what will happen is uh, most of my audience is DJs. Oftentimes I will get, you know, actual clients that are brides and grooms that I'll type in the name of a venue or something like that. And I'll pop up. But also a lot of it is DJs. Sometimes DJs have leftover gigs or something like that. And they'll say, hey, man, I have this event. You want to do it? Hmm. I'm like, sure, I'm open. Nice. So it's it's worked out very well for me. YouTube has been, honestly, it's it's been kind of like my livelihood for the last year or so. It's because of YouTube that I've been staying busy. This year, this year I did, I want to say, 88 events. Okay. Wow. And a lot of it was fueled because of YouTube. People seeing you and, and either referring you or finding you and, hey, I want to hire this guy. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and the cool thing about YouTube is that you can kind of skip the sales process. One of the things that I did not realize when when I saw mobile DJs, I thought most mobile DJs were just some guy working out of his garage. You get a call. You have to do that event. I didn't know that you can actually structure it like a business. Like, I didn't know you can have offices. You can, you can, you know, you can be a DJ that focuses on bar mitzvahs on weddings on schools i didn't know you could do that mm -hmm. so when i when i was doing the nightclub scene i was like man that's really lame because one of one of the things that i dread to this day is doing kids parties i, I don't want to be any near anywhere near them <laughs> but when i started doing weddings i'm like okay these are young people they they're into like the same music that i'm into most of the people getting married are my age so i can relate i i, I enjoy doing those events sure there's also a little bit of structure that i can follow that i like you have your grand entrance, your first dance, you have your formalities, 
all that stuff is easy for me to follow. And once you master it, once you know how everything goes and you get yourself organized, you, you can be pretty good at it. Yeah, that that's that mastering mastering thereof is, is one of those things that, especially when you're doing videos, and I've done some videos where of, of unique things that I have, I'm trying, and those people who give you that constructive criticism, sometimes with the, <laughs> the edge of a knife, it's like, oh, dude, don't, don't make me cry. Believe it or not, sometimes some comments do really get me down. Like some comments will just ruin my day. Yes. Um, People don't understand that. Like those, like it's an actual person they're saying that to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, so sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'd be lying to you if I told you I don't, I don't get upset sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I, they burn. Yeah, they really do. And it's like, I, I, I've gotten times where it's like you've had some, somebody said something, done something, what have you. And then you've got to go and I'm talking to some of our staff, you know, that I were connecting and we're talking about whatever the project is. And they're like, wow, you're pretty, you're pretty peeved we could pick this it's like yeah well this is this is the kind of stuff and and it's not so much myself when they're they're attacking me because it's like you know i don't care i'm i'm, I'm past that initially it would ruin my week when i first started yeah. and i don't know if that was the case with you that you've gotten you've developed a thicker skin but oh my gosh the very first few people that were coming in there and they'd say something and it's like oh my god i suck and i want to go hide and now it's like yeah don't give a crap but when they pick on my staff or people that i work with different story yeah i mean it bums me out i i <laughs> i have low self-esteem to start with so i'm just like oh are you kidding me yeah i knew and, and sometimes i know people are going to call me out on stuff so i'm just like oh, i see it coming yeah but it but it does hurt it does hurt i'm not gonna lie it does they do burn me i'm not one of those guys that'll read a comment and just shrug it off because i read every single comment i yeah. don't answer every single comment but um but i do I do read every single comment and, and it sometimes burns, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pull through it. Um, you gotta, you gotta keep going. YouTube is a, uh, is a consistency game. You have to be consistent. You have to constantly be on top of things. Okay. Yes. We'll, we'll get into consistency in just a second here. Um, hold that thought for, for me, uh, bar, uh, for those of you, I'm not watching the YouTube feed too terribly much because, uh, because we're, the laptop battery was low to begin with, and it ain't getting any. Better as we're going on with this show. So I'm trying to minimize all the windows that are open. So um, if you guys have have a question or something, um, put it put it in the chat. And if I don't see it immediately, I'll try to get to it. Uh, I'll get to it here as towards the end. So. Um, Okay, back to consistency. Yes. You have found in your, your working with your YouTube videos and the channel overall that consistency is, is key. For someone who wants to get out there and start to do, do things such as gig logs and they want to be you know, kind of using that as that medium to show their company, how often would you recommend that they're putting up content? Um, as often as you can. The thing about YouTube, YouTube is is there to get people on their platform. So what happens is from YouTube's perspective, if you're bringing them an audience, they love you. So they're going to promote you. So if you're uploading every day, YouTube is going to say, wow, this guy's bringing us audience. He's making us money. Let's promote his stuff, get more viewers. So if you're uploading constantly, it's good. Uh, but 
there's also a balance because your content also has to do with um, quality. Yep, there's got to be a lot. You of have to have a lot of quality. So you can't just go on YouTube and start uploading a bunch of stuff thinking that you're going to get an audience because if nobody's watching, YouTube has this thing called watch time. Watch time is very important. It's a super important analytic that everybody who wants to get into YouTube has to follow. If you're making 30-minute videos, hour-long videos, and only two minutes of the of that video is being watched, then you're doing something wrong. Yep. So that's something that you have to study. Either you have to shorten down your content or you have to pick up the pace in your content because you're losing your audience at some point. So because I edit my videos so heavily, I can kind of edit like, okay, I'm getting off topic. Let me, let me edit this out. Yeah. Keep going with what I'm going. So you have to make your videos super snappy, super flashy. Now there's a misconception that some people think, Oh, okay. Um, so the key is to make really short videos and upload a ton of those. That's not it either because YouTube, that used to be the way YouTube worked. You used, you, you know, there was a ton of people who were making like two minute videos, get a ton of followers uploading every day. Now YouTube is trying to compete with Netflix. So YouTube is really putting a lot of pressure on the creators to step up their game. So they want creators to, you know, be a full production company. So what's happening now on YouTube, you're seeing guys do really long format stuff, but they're able to maintain that consistency. So YouTube is no longer promoting that those two minute long videos that, you know, oh, audience attention span is super short. You only want to see two minutes. That's that's those days are long gone. Those yep. videos aren't doing as well. YouTube wants to compete with Netflix. They want long term content. They want people to stay on their website as long as they want. They don't want people coming on. How do you change a light bulb? You see a two-minute video, you change it, and then they leave the website. Mm -hmm. They yeah. want something that they can binge. The big thing right now is binging, and that's what people want. Uh, that's what YouTube wants. People who come to their website, watch one video, and then they want to watch another one of that video. So they want, they want you to get addicted to it. Yes, and that connection with that content creator that they know and trust and love and the whole concept of binge watching is not only it's a huge thing in YouTube, but Facebook is now seeing that, hmm, this is kind of cool. We need to be doing, and I've, I've been on the phone with a couple of Facebook coaches here in the last uh, three weeks. Same story. I mean, what you were just saying is almost what their pitch was <laughs> to, a, to a T. Um, yeah, it's it's that new. Yeah. I, I see what, what YouTube's do. Well, I mean, what DJs do that I see that that's just not working anymore. DJs making montage. Um, I see a ton of people like here's a two minute edit of this this event. And what happens is people people can't relate to you because they have no story to follow. It's just kind of like here's a video of how good I am. People don't want to see that. If you if I take a look at my analytics, my most successful videos are videos that are titled where something went wrong. Like if I title a video, I lost power or I had a really bad client or something like that, that makes you relatable. That brings you down to earth. That makes you a human being. Now, if I upload a video that says I completely crushed it, nothing went wrong. Great event. That's not going to get as many views because people <laughs> can't relate. They're going to think you're an ass. They're going to yeah. think, oh, you know, this guy's just going off it a big thing with a big thing with connecting with your audience is you got to have that relatability if we're on completely different planets then i can't relate to you i don't want to watch your stuff mm -hmm. i want to be able to relate 
if if you're a DJ that thinks that every event is a home run, you, you haven't been DJing long enough because there are some events that are just kind of duds. Yeah. And what happens is when you bring this out to light, when you show this to, to an audience, they're like, I can relate to this. I've had events like this. When you're posting just videos of like, here's me crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. I never mess up. Everything goes right all the time. Then you're kind of like, you're superficial. People can 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 kind of see that they sure. they know that it's not a home run every time. Sometimes, you know? but not every day. Yeah, it's interesting. You might as you mentioned the negative titles. You know that that's why for a while there it seems the the uh, running joke was I almost died. You know was was a in so many of the popular videos. You know, oh my god, I almost died today. That's the the, the the big thing is a, is a story. Um, yeah. People want a want a want a story. They want something that they can root for. They want something that they can relate to. People don't want uh, people don't want like a montage. They don't want they don't want to see you know here's you succeed. P- p- to be to be completely honest, people want to see you fail. People want to see you struggle. And then if they see you struggle and then you do well, they're gonna root for you because they can see, hey man, this guy was working hard. I can relate. So but if you, they just feel like this guy, it's it's kind of like when you see a super rich person that was born into richness, you don't want to root for them. You're just like, man, that's not your money. Mm-hmm. You're kind of born into it. That's, that's so people don't want to root for that. Now, if you see a guy, you know, for many years just grueling and climbing and then he becomes a millionaire, you're like, wow, that's inspirational. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's something you can relate. A uh, big thing with 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 audience, with creating an audience, is you gotta have you gotta be able to relate to them. If you're just in completely different planets, the audience is not gonna not gonna relate. Oh, certainly that and that's an important important thing for that whole relationship that's being built between the con- the creator and and the other. Um, shoot, shoot, shoot! I had something and I, I was I, I lost it as I was listening to you talk about uh, that, that relationship. <laughs> Oh well, it'll 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 come back. Uh, oh yeah, no, I got it. Story. You, you mentioned, of course, people want the story. Do you do you keep that in mind when you're doing your your gig logs or your your reporting on that? That you're you're looking for the story, or is it something that you do you go in with the idea of the story, or is it something you look for the story early on that you can carry through, or how do you, how does that work with you uh, your videos? Yeah, be, be, before it didn't. Before it was very um, it was very in the moment. We'll figure it out as it goes. But now I, I plan my story. Um, because what happens, what I notice is uh, a big gig log community has emerged from on YouTube. There's, mm-hmm. It feels like more people than ever are now making gig logs. And what's happening is the audience is soon going to realize that every gig is the same. For example, there's structure in my gig logs. And I notice that people have been doing a lot uh, kind of similar structure that I want to do. Uh, my structure is here's a five second clip of what you're about to see. Here's the entrance. Here's me explaining what your what the event is. Here's me executing, and here's my final thoughts. That's the structure in my videos. That's that's the narrative that I follow. Mm-hmm. What's happening now is a lot of people are seeing like this structure. It's super easy to do, um, and they're kind of imitating that, but they're not getting as many views because there's no story. What's happening is it's it's going back to the same thing with the old-fashioned gig logs. It would just be like, hey, today we're doing Jessica and Mike's wedding. Here's the wedding. Here's the dancing. Bye. Mm-hmm. People, I don't know, it's just kind of like anticlimactic. People want to know what, what the deal is. So, for example, now I can kind of structure 
a narrative going into the event. So I'm like, okay, uh, I have a new light. So look, the, the, the point of this video is, all right, guys, uh, we're doing a wedding, but I have this new light, really cool. I want to try it out. I want to see how it goes. And then I can kind of give my final thoughts at the end of it. There's a story that the audience can follow what's going on. If it's just like, here's a wedding, there's no story. It's just people dancing mm -hmm. and people want a story. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's use your example. You're tying the, the uh, story kind of that you're going to follow through with the event is focused on this light because you have this new cool light. That's going to be the most incredible light for weddings. That's the story. Now, in the wedding, all of a sudden, someone comes out there and does something so incredible on your dance floor that you're, you've got this opportunity to do this, OMG, I didn't know this was going to happen type video. Does yeah. that happen where yeah. you, would you include that in the first one or would you make this a secondary video that you now have got this one that just came out of nowhere, but it's this incredible footage and story that uh, it in itself was a great video? Yeah, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to pivot. So you have to find the most interesting part of that 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 day, so that you can maintain that audience attention. So that's what's that's what that's the problem with the gig logs on YouTube right now that I'm noticing. There's a ton of gig loggers out there, but they don't get as many views as they should because there's no story. They're just like, here's the event, here's people dancing by. Yeah, I I don't. Nobody wants to watch that. People want people want to know. They, they want to be, again, goes back to relatability. They're like, okay, man, wh wh what's going on in your head? Are you nervous for this event? What kind of music are you expecting to play at this event? They kind of want to pick your head. They, they want to be able to know a story. They don't want a montage. They don't want a montage of stuff happening. Sure. That's what Instagram stories are for. That's where you post that. <laughs> yeah. There's other spots and other <laughs> platforms that does that for you. Uh, Bar, we've got a few minutes here before my battery is going to probably run out, unfortunately. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the, the tools that you have used or you use uh, for making making these types of videos. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, well, my, my go-to is my Canon G7X. It's a little point-and-shoot camera. Awesome. Highly recommend. It works great in low light. For what we do in this business, um, DJ-wise, it's awesome because all you do is turn it on press record and it's good to go i don't recommend anything like a like a like a professional camera because the professional cameras are only as good as the person behind the camera <laughs> and when you're doing stuff like we do you have to be able to set it and actually do your job you're not there to film they're, they're paying you to dj they're not paying you to make a video on youtube so that always comes first just a camera that you can set up and let it go let it do its job You'll figure out what happened. You figure out what you got later on. That's what sometimes happens. Sometimes the best part, I don't catch it, and it's, it's just, <laughs> I guess the 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 it's just the name of the game. Sometimes you're just not going to get the best part. Yep. Because you, you're there to do your job. Unfortunately, you can't you can't be worried about the camera. Yeah, not so much. Oh, could you wait a second, Mr. Bride? Or Mr. Goodman, Miss Bride? <laughs> yeah. Can you guys just hold that one second? That was really cool. And do it again right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro is my go-to. If you're a DJ, most likely you probably use a MacBook. If not, you can use Adobe Premiere. That's the go-to for Windows. Right. Um, that's really my two things. That's it. And a tripod, a nice tripod. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a you, nice tripod. You get a, You use a selfie stick now with occasionally? 
Uh, no, that's only when I'm doing like like at trade shows. You see me with the selfie stick thing. Yep. Um, that's only because at trade shows I can't walk around with a tripod, mm-hmm. so I have that 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 selfie stick that kind of grips on anything. Yeah. So I can kind of grip it to like some walls, a handrail, or anything like that. That's why I carry that around. But when I'm doing gig logs, I really I I can't be focusing my time on filming. So I have a tripod and I just set it to go. How much footage will you shoot at a typical event that you end up having to whittle down to be the ultimate video? So uh, this this may if, if any of my audience is watching, they're going to think I sound dumb. But I, I, I aim for my video to be 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Again, going back to that thing, oh, people want to watch short stuff. But sometimes I just have so much footage and I just kind of want to share it all. I'm just like, man, I don't want this footage to go to waste. So I include it all. But in an ideal world, I try to film as least as possible. So I I try not to record the down moment. Um, So I'll try just to now film the dancing part, uh, the dancing part of an event, my intro, my outro. And now what I'm doing is I'm doing a lot of sit down stuff because like I told you, I'm doing a lot of story based gig logs now. Um, so I'm filming that afterwards because I won't know what the story will be like until after I know my thoughts. So I'm doing kind of flashback videos now. Before I used to be in the moment. All right, guys, we're going into this event right now. Sure. But now because there's so many gig logs out there, anybody can do that. Uh, there's you know there's a new gig log uploaded every day like that. Oh, for sure. So now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find a story and then share that story within my within my my gig log sure and you're catching yourself a lot of b-roll then from different parts of the day exactly so now i'm actually not doing much talking to the camera as i used to uh back before when i was filming my older gig logs i was doing a lot of talking to the camera now i'm just getting my b-roll shots i'm getting my main shots and then i'm creating the story afterwards so i'll sit down i know what footage i have i can tell a great story uh, based on what i have I'll, I'll curate a narrative of that. And that sometimes is hard. And I'm also trying to cut back on doing gig logs um, I'm, because I want my gig logs to now actually have, like, like I said, a story. I don't want them to just be, here's, a, here's some footage of people dancing because I think the audience is catching on, honestly. Right. I think the audience is getting, it's getting wise to, oh, you're just showing us the same equipment and then you're showing us people dancing every event. Mm-hmm. People are getting wise to that. Because, again, a wedding's a wedding. There's a structure in the wedding. So you're going to see a lot of the same stuff on multiple platforms, like on multiple different channels. With your new methodology of, of doing these, these videos, are you finding that it's a much quicker process now, or is it a much more difficult process than it was before? How would you classify it? It's a quicker process in the edit. So my edits are a lot better because I, I I'll kind of skim through the footage. I'll know where I need to do a mo- little, like a little montage of like the scenery. I know where I, I'm going to include the dancing, so I know where I have to cut in and, and actually talk. Okay. So I, that eliminates a lot of the filler. Before, I used to film the whole day and would have a ton of footage that I would have to look back on and just relive. But now, because I'm creating a story afterwards, I can, um, can kind of edit a little bit faster. But it's harder because you, now you have to come up with a story. So, you know, sometimes I'll tell them a story about how I know the couple. I'm right. like, okay, uh, I went to high school with this with these people. Mm-hmm. Or I'm nervous to DJ this because they asked me for some music that I didn't know, something like that. Yeah, certainly. Um, we're, we're traveling. This is my first destination wedding. Uh, that just My last gig log was comparing east and west 
because I just did a destination wedding in California. So the narrative of that story is like, how is their wedding different than our wedding? Yeah. There's a story there. Some people will want to watch that. It's not just here's people dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that's what I want to get away from because there's, again, there's so many gig logs now on YouTube that um, it's just you're going to, if you want to see people dancing, you'll get it. <laughs> you'll <laughs> get sure. you'll get that. There are uh, plenty of that out there. So, yes. Bar, we got to wrap things up, unfortunately, here because I'm running, I'm getting low here on the battery. And I, there's just, we're asking a laptop to do way too much with capturing different windows and sending different streams out. Uh, if people would like to check out your YouTube channel, how do they find that? Give us the contact information you have. Uh, yes, DJ Bar. That's Bar with two R's. And uh, I should pop up. You go out and search DJ Bar, and he's right there. Um, Facebook, same same situation there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you type DJ Bar anywhere, I, I don't think there's that many of us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. If you type in DJ Bar with two R's, I should come up. I'm just just checking the uh, the YouTube feed here just to see if there's any questions of somebody if somebody had one here. I wanted to make sure we have yes. Time. Any questions about gig logs? Any questions about gig logs? I'd be happy to answer them for you guys. Uh-uh. Yeah. Looks like it's been uh, they're they're chatting quite a bit, but I think that uh, they're they're yeah, it's uh, hard to keep track of it, right? Because I'm I'm over here looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dude, wait, when you interview when you do these these interviews, are you looking at at the, the screen or are you looking at the person who you're talking um, to? Looking at the camera. Cause right now, right now I'm looking at the screen. I'm looking at you cameras up there and it's typically not that far because usually the, the 27 inch iMac, I would be looking right here to see your video or you, yeah. your, your player, but it's way down here now. So I have to <laughs> literally set my laptop up on end. And if I have to do, uh, if I have to do do a few more tomorrow night, I may have to do that because uh, yeah, that's just not. Um, awesome. When is when is Rick Webb going to be in the next gig log? Me <laughs> and Rick Webb should definitely film a a gig log. Again, uh, I'm trying to switch up my my content a little bit with the gig log things. Yeah. Um, so they're getting a lot harder. Uh, a lot harder to do. Um. Again, because I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to make them different, because I feel like they're getting uh, they're getting kind of stale. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely <laughs> they're getting kind of stale. Uh, somebody asked about if you're going to be going to Mobile Beats in March. I don't know, actually. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I thought I was going to be going to NAMM this year, but I, I I ended up booking myself at an event. Oh. For um, that week, and I, I thought NAMM was like the same thing as Mobile Beat, but it's actually during the weekend it's yeah. not like the other shows that are during like the week so i was making plans to go to nam and just leave early but it, it turns out that nam is actually on the weekend yeah i didn't it really know is. I, I, I completely spaced on that one yeah it's that thursday fridays it really the two prime days and then and the weekends it seems that it's i'm gonna call it more rookie rookie time where you've got you know some you do have entertainers who are there but you have a lot of it seems like press who aren't that geared with it you have people coming in off the street it feels like it's not yeah. but it's uh just crowded and chaotic yeah. and saturday's just never have, a good day i have a wedding that friday and i was like man there's no way <laughs> no i can way. i can, not a I chance. can thursday for one day take a red eye and then be good to go for my wedding oh 
No, there's no way. Our very first time, Lori, Lori and I went to Nam. We left Minneapolis at five in the morning because there was a flight from Minneapolis to Denver at five in the morning. So we land out in uh, Anaheim at 7 a.m. So we get, get uh, from the airport to the place and the doors open, I think at nine or whatever it was that we could get in. We were there. Our flight, we had a red-eye flight home that night, so we basically flew into Anaheim, did NAM all day, the two of us just running crazily, and then we were out. I think actually it was about a 10 o'clock flight or something like that we took out of out of Anaheim that night. Just, oh, my God. Just, were you dead the next day? Surprisingly, there was just so much adrenaline. It probably was like two or three days later when it finally hit you. Yeah. Because NAM was like nothing else. I mean, it's like taking DJ Expo times 100. Yeah nothing yeah. nothing else out there like it and it was such an experience to be there that and and meeting all these different manufacturers there and, and meeting some of their marketing people and getting new content and such for what we were doing yeah. at the time yeah we were on a three yeah. a two or three day high afterwards because i think we yeah. then we came home and i think we had a, a school dance that friday and that saturday we had a you know a wedding or something going on or a holiday party whatever it was Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, Dan, Dan is definitely. I mean, Nam is definitely not a not a go for me this year. There's just no way. Yeah. Um, Mobile Beat, uh, most likely. I I don't want to promise it, be, uh, but most likely. But DJ Expo is 100 percent because it's next door. <laughs> yeah, and and for those of you who do not know, they did announce the dates. DJ Expo. It's like August 12th through the 15th or 16th. So you guys, it's that Monday through Thursday. And we will definitely be back again with uh, with another uh, Tuesday night hospitality night here for DJ and TV like we did last year because we had a lot of folks show up for that, so we're pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. But uh, mo- I, yeah, most likely I, I do want to go to Mobile B. I went with ADJ last year, so hopefully, hopefully they invite me back. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, that's pretty much it. Well, good stuff. I'm going to let you go here, Bar. And, uh, gang, thank you very much for being with us. And I apologize again for the beginning. For those of you who are watching this after the fact, and I've already trimmed the beginning off, nothing happened. It was, it was a beautiful video. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful show. It's thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me, John. I All appreciate right. it. Good to everyone. We'll be back here in All about right. a half an hour with uh, Shane.